Hey, welcome back to the podcast. This is Hebrews in Exile with our honorable teacher, Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. Now, in this podcast, we're going to talk about a myriad of issues, but they all are systemic to this issue of the natural state of Hebrew Israel in exile. This is a lament and a reflection from two people, again, that are seriously concerned about the state of the Hebrew empire. Hebrews in exile, you know what we do. Let's go! This is Robert, Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and... Um, Oh, yeah, Sean Appleton. And this is Hebrews in <laughs> Exile. You know, we, we we stumble at this introduction every week. It's not really stumble, we just have fun coming on. I look forward to the opportunity to be able to share with our people that are become a part of our listening and audience and soon-to-be viewing audience. Yeah. Um, man, our, you know, I don't want people, I don't want our listeners to think that we are consistently castigating the Christian faith. Oh. Yeah, because if one would believe that we're, we've got a vendetta. We, we don't have a vendetta, but, but here's the point. As you've heard me say before, I am, I'm very concerned about my people, the status of their spiritual mentality and temperature mm-hmm. and the things that they've come to believe. And the task before me at the behest of the Most High is to help his people that are in exile understand the nature of where they are, what they're doing, so that there can be a teshuva or a correction, mm. because the problem being is, is you know, I, I listened, I listened to the podcast number seventy uh, of the um, conversation that I had with my mother, mm-hmm. and she pointed out very specifically to me that you know um, nobody's taught us these things. Right, right, right. And right. had we been taught when we were earlier, when we were children, we we would have known. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, every week we come on, and it. I listen. I'm going. Well, man, we we're not trying to castigate the Christian faith. We're trying to help our people that are in it to understand that it's not your religion, right? Yeah, that's because we're that's where the majority of us are, you know, as far as 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 faith. And I'm I'm talking to personally. I'm talking to a much larger audience of people now. Um, I'm on another social media platform, and the terminology that is being used by them, they don't know that a plethora of it is idolatrous. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and uh, there was a there's a book out by Henry Louis. Gate Jr. Um, it's called to understand America, you need to understand the black church. Hmm. 
And he writes a historical piece there that's very true that our people don't understand and know. And you and I keep sitting here each week trying to unravel the minutia of stuff that has captivated us mm -hmm. in this exile that keeps shrouding who we are as a people. Right, 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 right. I'm going to read this. Henry Louis Gates Jr. writes in his book, the black churches also were the first institutions built by black people and run independent of white society in the United States. With the earliest black Christian congregations roughly contemporaneous, contemporaneous with the Declaration Independence of 1776, including churches in Georgia, South Carolina, mm. and Virginia. Now, these next words are 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 the are the words that that promulgate and have sown the seed for where the black church in America is and where it came from mm. and its root and its daddy. He writes, um, where am I at here? South Carolina, Virginia, and, um, and, and since the Amer African Americans have taken their master's religion, listen to what he's saying. All right. All right. The African Americans have taken their master's religion, mm -hmm. made it their own through a flowering of denominations that run the gamut from the AME mm -hmm. church to the Church of God in Christ to so many storefront sanctuaries that remain a key refuge for many in hard times. Mm. In doing so, they have not given the wider world astonishing cultural gifts. Wait, 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 they have not only given the wider world astonishing cultural gifts in the form of oratory and song, mm -hmm. they have found a new thorough through line in Christian liberation stories that they have used as a redemptive force to shine a line on the hypocrisy at the heart of their bondage. Mm. Let me go back and say something. I'm gonna go back. Yeah, because right. I, I want to ask you a question. I'm gonna go back that. and read this again. I'm gonna read this again. Okay. Since the African Americans have taken their master's religion, listen to what he's saying. Mm -hmm. Christianity is not our religion. It's the religion of the slave master. We have taken what we have learned from the slave master and given the wider world astonishing cultural gifts in the form of oratory and song, period, mm -hmm. semi-comma. Right. Now, I'm saying this because as I'm talking to, to people in Pakistan, and I'm talking to people in Africa, and I'm looking at the at the garb 
that they're wearing that's oh. very Catholic yeah. in most instances. Right. And I'm listening and I'm reading the narratives of what they're putting up. It is promulgated. We in this exile taking the master's religion, making it something that it is, is being copied around the world by other nations of people. Ah, that's a great perspective. That's a good perspective. Africa, Africa, the African ministries that have these hunt, hunt, and, yeah, and the hooping and yeah. hooping, they didn't learn that in Africa. They learned that from, from the United States that was brought to them, mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. well as in nations such as Pakistan and other places where where the uh, melanated man gathers as a as a congregation or as a church of people. And they've taken on the verbiage. Mm. And the verbiage that they're using, they don't even know that it's idolatrous. Right, right. Wow, I wanna actually challenge a statement. And I think you can pontificate about it very eloquently. What's to stop? When you read that sentence, read that first sentence again, right, right out, right out the jump. Which one? The the one that talks about you just stated it says um, uh, about taking the uh, master's, religion? master's religion. Since then, since when? Since the Declaration of Independence. Okay. Mm -hmm. African Americans have taken their master's religion and made it their own through a flowering of denominations that run the gamut from AME, Church of God in Christ, to so many storefront sanctuaries that remain a key refuge for many in hard times. Okay, now, I'm gonna play David's advocate for a second, okay? Just, just setting the stage. What in that statement there says that that's wrong to the average person that goes to church? Okay, we took, the master's religion is was the master's religion wrong? There's nothing in that statement that 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 exactly that gives you exactly. any type of form that says that the religion of your master was not the correct religion to start with, period. And it doesn't demonize it at all. It just simply is stating a fact. It says, yes, yes we did take it. And what we've what the, the gentleman goes on to eloquently expound upon is that we've sensationalized it yes. to the point yes. where we've become the catalyst yes. around the world. Yes. And so I think it goes without saying, and there's an undertone that's there within the within the uh, the narrative that says, hey, no one's telling you that that's not your religion. Right. Matter of fact, it's not a, <laughs> I don't even want to call it a religion because you haven't we're using that word incorrectly because the Most High had never set up a religion at all. No, this is true. For this any is, of us. No, 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 right. Absolutely. So I'm only bringing that up because one could be uh, astute enough to say, okay, well, it, that's not demonizing anything. What's wrong with that? Well, here's the thing. It doesn't demonize anything. And the point that's wrong with it comes back to the point that the Christian religion mm -hmm. is not the religion of the 
African-American Hebrew Israelite that's been despoiled out of the land that is in these various countries. Right. We have taken on the religion of the white slave master. Correct. Now, is it okay to can't <laughs> use that word? <laughs> Come on, sugarcoat it for me. <laughs> Put some water on it. We got to water it down a little bit. Was it all right for you to be <laughs> hung in trees, our ancestors to be hung in trees? Was it all right for our ancestors to be burned like barbecue? Was it all right for our children to be fed to alligators? Was it all right for our ancestors coming over in the transatlantic uh, slave trade that died to be thrown overboard for right. shark bait? Shark was, bait yeah. was, was that right? No. So if that all wasn't right, mm. then what's right? What is right about us accepting a religion that's given us by the people who have enslaved us? That's right. What's right about that? That's right. No, I agree. What's right about that? I agree. Because the religion that our slave masters have given us mm -hmm. is a religion that's designed to do the same thing that he was doing to you. It's designed to kill you and not save you. Mm. Mm. And I'm going to prove it to you. Okay. Okay. Okay, because I'm going to bring up another issue later on. Now, what we have to do, if you remember in podcast number 70 in my discussion with my mom, her main concern was about being saved. Being saved, yeah. And... The idea of being saved is predicated upon the fact that a man died for your sins. Mm -hmm. And you have believed and accepted the narrative that this man called Jesus Christ that died for your sins, you're accepting him by faith right. will save you. Mm. That's what that's that's the Christian that's that's the nail in the coffin of the Christian church, and I mean, and it's and it's driven in that coffin so far, man. Uh, you you know what? <laughs> right. And you know what? You know the hardest thing for truth to do. What's that? Unseat a lie. Mm. Yeah, especially when it's deep seated and it's 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 in there. It is hard for mm. truth to overcome a lie. Well, because I mean, we go back to that statement. I forget who who made it. That if you tell a lie long enough, <laughs> General Goebbels, Hitler, one of Hitler's go, one of Hitler's generals, right. said if you tell a lie long enough, it'll be tr it'll become true. It'll be the truth. So this lie that people think is true is not based upon scripture. So now, mm -hmm. and you all have, please excuse me. I've been trying to teach you uh, the mitzvotes for several weeks, and I, there's, I was just sharing uh, earlier with my with my uh, with my cohort here. There is so much road to pave to get to the city. Mm -hmm. To every time we, I try to get to the city. I still I look back and there's still some road that still has to be paved and cleared up right. so that the understanding of what I'm saying to you will make sense. Right. 
I mean, we understand it. We right. know it. Right. But trying to make people who who don't have uh, uh, 18 years of knowledge built up in this to understand. Like my mom says, hey, we were never taught this. Right. You know, I, the, I, and I'm asking, and I'm asking her. Let's go back to stuff. I'm getting back to. Mm-hmm. I'm asking. I said, we're going to read Psalms 119, okay? Right. And we're going to read it, right? And when we get to these these various issues, we're going to ask a question: What are they? Yeah. She says, I don't know. Mm. What are the statues? I don't know. When David says, "Thy word, I'm going to keep," what is it? I don't know. When he says, "I'm going to keep your your mitzvahs and your precepts," I says, "Mom, what are they?" She says, "I don't know. No one ever taught us those." Mm. 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 So now I get back to I get back to this point that says we have been taught a Eurocentric idea that a man that bleeds blood like you do can die for your sins. Mm. But you tell me. You tell me, and I, I saw this on Facebook several times. All scripture right. is, is, is Elohim breathed and for, valuable for teaching the and truth and correction and the right living. Right. All scripture. Do you know what all scripture is? Right. Because I, I, I made a note. I says, I wrote, I wrote back. Do you know what all scripture is? All scripture is mm-hmm. everything. From Bereshit, which is Genesis, to Malachi, if you have a Greek Bible, and to Second Chronicles, if you have a Hebrew Bible, that's mm-hmm. Scripture. The right. prophets, the prophets, and everything that precedes the prophets is Scripture. Right. Everything on the other side is not Scripture. Matter of fact, everything that's in Scripture precedes. Mm-hmm. It precedes all that commentary. Jesus Christ by. By years. Yeah, a couple of centuries, at least. Years. <laughs> years. And nothing in that document talks about him. And I'm going to prove it. Right. Okay. Because if you're going to hold on to all scripture being true, then let's listen to what scripture has to say. And we're going to start in Ezekiel. Okay. And we're going to read. All right. Where are we going in Ezekiel? We're going to read. All right. Now, for those of you who do not have a Hebraic rendered uh, scriptorial text. The language reads the same, except in the Hebrew rendering, it's much clearer. <sighs> As a matter of fact, I brought my King James with me, but the text the text is too long. I, I'm going through chapter number 18. I'm going to read through chapter number 18. We're going to do the whole chapter? Yes. Okay, excellent. We're going to do the whole chapter 18. All right. And when we read through the whole chapter of 18, it's going to sound different if you have a King James Bible, if you have an American uh, uh, standard version. It's going to sound different because, because the rendering, the rendering of the transliteration that's in those Bibles does not line up with the Hebraic, the Masoretic Hebraic scroll. Okay. And it is a historical fact, mm. fact, that the Hebrew writings are the clearest 
most concise writings that there are that contain scripture. I said the Hebrew. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Agreed. So, so I'm going to read this from the complete uh, Jewish Bible, which has, which is, in my opinion, uh, the better versions of Hebrew translated works, and the only difference between when in uh, David Stern's writings, as I said before, is Stern uh, because he's a Jew, he's under the under the opinion that you're not supposed to use the name uh, of the Most High and speak it, and so they use cover up letters, words such as Adonai, and Man. in your Greek inspired Bibles, they use the word Lord. Right. But if you go into the Hebrew scroll and you read the text in the Hebrew scroll, you will see that everywhere it says, it says, um, uh, everywhere in your Bibles it's written Lord, or in the complete Jewish Bible it's written Adonai. In it's the Yod Hebrew writers, it's going to be Yod He Vav He, which is the tetragrammaton for the name of the Most High El, whose name is Yahweh. Mm -hmm. Am I making myself clear? You are. And matter of fact, before you go ahead and start reading, I got the King James over here. So if you want me to back you up, if you get somewhere, you say <sighs> you want to you do the purple and gold thing again. <laughs> I got your back. Now, listen, listen. It starts out these words, these ways. The word of Yahweh came to me and yours says and what? It says the word of the Lord came unto me. There again. you go. Stop right there. Stop right there. Okay. So you see, you see, they use Lord mm -hmm. instead of the Father's name. name. Correct. Right. Okay. Case in point. Case in point. So the word of Yahweh came to me, and it, who is it coming to? It's coming to Ezekiel. Ezekiel speaking to Ezekiel. Mm -hmm. What does it mean that you keep quoting this proverb in the land of Israel? When parents eat sour grapes, their children's teeth are set on edge. He asked a question. What does that mean? Mm. Now he's going to answer it in the next in the rest of these verses that I'm going to read to you. Okay. As I live, says Yahweh Elohim, and the and the Greek text says what? As I live, what? It says, as I live, saith the Lord God. Okay. No. As <laughs> I live, says Yahweh. Elohim, I swear that you will never again quote this proverb in Israel. Look, all the Most High says, all lives belong to me, both the parents' life and the children's life are equally mine. So it is the person who sins himself must die. Mm. Now, I want you, to, uh, now, and your text says what? It says, uh, verse four, behold, all souls are mine. Mm -hmm. As the soul of the father, so also the soul of the son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Now, therein lies the problem. Right, because it's. <laughs> See, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. That's what the Greek text has, has, has written. Mm-hmm. Now, to a person reading that, it's it does and, and doesn't have any learning. Okay, okay. He he says, okay, the soul that sinneth it shall die. All right, blah blah blah. The clearer text says, so that you understand, 
It says the person who sins. Right. That's clear. That's clear. No ambi and no ambiguity. You know, the person who sins himself who must die. That's clear. Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now he's going to give an explanation. Consider someone who is righteous, who does what is lawful and right. He doesn't eat on the mountains or raise his eyebrows toward the idols of the house of Israel. He doesn't defile his neighbor's wife or touch a woman during her time of menstrual impurity. Wow, he's he, quoting mitzvotes. Yeah, I know. He's, he's just he, quoting he, three he, mitzvotes he, right there. Mitzvot. <laughs> he doesn't wrong anyone. He returns any pledged property a debtor has given as collateral for a loan. He takes nothing by robbery but gives his food to the hungry and clothing to those who are in need. He neither demands nor accepts interest on a loan. He refrains from what is evil and he judges honestly between one person and another. In short, he lives according to my laws and observes my rulings so as to act faithfully. Now, what I just quoted, what I just read here is a slew of mitzvot. It's about 15, 20 of them. Not, don't quote me on the number, but it's all, it's, it's all mitzvot. Exactly. Now, listen to what he says. So such a person is righteous and he will certainly live, says Yahweh Elohim. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now he's giving you the criteria. Now he says, suppose he is the father of a son who is a robber, a murderer, or who does any of these things to a brother, whereas the father himself does none of them. Mm -hmm. He eats on the mountains, defiles his neighbor's wife, wrongs the poor, needy takes of by robbery, doesn't restore a pledged property, raises his eyes towards idols, engages in disgusting practices, demands and accepts interest, should he live? The Most High says he will not live because he has engaged in all these disgusting practices. He must be put to death. death. His blood is on him. That's correct. Not, not another. I'm reading scripture. In context. Now, you said all scripture is Yah breathed and valuable for right living and correcting in truth. I'm reading you scripture. Right. Let's go on. Mm -hmm. But now suppose he has a son. He's going to come back, has a son who sees all the sins his father's committed, thinks about them and behaves differently. He doesn't eat on the mountains, raise his eyebrows to idols in the house of Israel, defile his neighbor's wife, wrong others, keep pledged property or take by robbery, but gives his food to the hungry and clothing to those in need of it. He refrains from opposing the poor and he neither demands nor accepts interest. He obeys, he obeys, he obeys my rulings and lives according to my laws. So he will not die for his father's sin, but certainly he will live. Yet, his father, because he oppressed so cruelly, committed robbery against his brother and never did any good among the people, he will die for his sins. He doesn't say somebody else is going to die for your, your sins. I'm does. reading scripture. <laughs> scripture. Right. Scripture. 
and this happens to be in your King James Bible. Is it almost verbatim? It's almost verbatim. Almost verbatim. Just the language is different. That's correct. Yeah. And the language is different because, because they are not properly and correctly transposing the translation from the Masoretic text and, that, and the Hebrew scroll, which is the most pure and authentic word that's written that the Father has spoken. Right. Yeah. So what have they done? They sit and write stuff that's ambiguous that you can't understand, and then they turn around and lie to you. Mm-hmm. So plain. Now. So plain. Let's go to verse 19. You ask, why doesn't the son bear his father's guilt? When the son has done what is lawful and right, has kept all my laws and obeyed them, he will certainly live. The person who sins, the person who sins, mm -hmm. the person who sins is the one that will die. A son is not to bear his father's guilt with him, nor is the father to bear his son's guilt with him. But the righteousness of the righteous will be his own, and the wickedness of the wicked will be his own. How clear is that? Very does it, Very read that clear. Way in, does it read that way in the in, in King James? Uh close. Well, let's read you, you, read, read, read 19. Read 19. Read, read 19, King James. What's it say? Can I say something before yes. we get into this? Yes. We don't even do that in the United States. Do our are our laws set up a way where if your son commits a, an egregious act, you are blamed for it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> 19. Yet There'd say. If that was, there'd be a whole lot of right living sons. <laughs> That's right. I'm just look, it, dude. I'm not dying for you. Exactly. <laughs> imagine if that was it. Imagine that's what I'm saying is when we go ahead and we talk about these things that that are fantasized across the street and we bring them actually into reality, they wouldn't hold water. Wouldn't no, no. They no. wouldn't. No. So I, we're reading. Let, let's be clear. We're reading scripture. Right. We're reading from the prophet Ezekiel. Right. And this is reality because we can all relate to this. Yes. This is good. What's 19 say? It says 19, it says, yet say ye, why doeth not the son bear the iniquity of the father? When the son hath done that which is lawful and right, this Macbethian language, and hath kept all the statutes and hath done them, he shall surely live. 20, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father, neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son. The righteous, the righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him. The wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. Now, now see, once again, what's, what's, what's the ambiguous word in the text? The son. No. Oh, no? The soul. The soul. Oh, yeah, because it doesn't say person. The soul. You say it's person. Yeah. It says soul. So yeah. When we think about when we think about the soul, we don't we don't equate it yeah. to a person. We say, oh well, the soul the sin they shall die. And we all oh, the soul the sin they shall die. No. The person that sins, he shall die for his own mm, and, yeah. sin. Yeah, yeah. However, verse 21. Mm-hmm. If the wicked person repents 
of all his sins. Now he committed. He, now listen, listen what repentance is all about. If the wicked person repents from all the sins he has committed and keeps my laws and does what is lawful and right, then he will certainly live. He will not die. Let's put it in another context. Okay. Okay. So now. If the wicked person repents of all his sins he committed, keeps my laws and does what is lawful and right, then that person will certainly be saved. Okay. If you want, since we're talking about saved. Since we're talking about saved, yeah. And he will not die. Mm -hmm. The whole reason that y'all go to Christian church is somebody told you you was going to die for your sins. And Jesus Christ was going to save you from that if you believed him. The, the scripture says, mm -hmm. scripture, I'm reading scripture mm -hmm. from Hebrew text, right. Right. scripture from which, from which the proper and uh, thorough transliteration <laughs> is, comes from that's validated by biblical historians. Right, 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 right. <sighs> I get excited and I get my voice. I don't mean to raise my voice, but I get excited about it. Let's read this again. All right. However, if the person, if the wicked person, let's put it in this kind let's put it in the kind of thing. If the person who is a sinner, okay, which is wicked, mm -hmm. and, and, and a sinner, and a sinner is not a person who goes to the nightclub and dances. A sinner is not the person who has a little drink of of of, of libations every now and then. Uh, a sinner is, is not is not what the Christian Church defines a sinner as. A sinner is a person who is lawless. Right, and that's written in your book in John. It says it says it says sin is lawlessness mm -hmm. lawlessness comes from the Greek word nomos which maps back to the word Torah so the person who is Torahless mm -hmm. is wicked when he repents of the sins he has committed and keeps my Torah laws mm -hmm. and does what is lawful Torah and right then he will certainly live he will not die right None of the transgressions he has committed will be remembered against him. For the righteousness that he has done, he will live. <laughs> Do I take pleasure at all in having the wicked person die? Ask Yahweh, Elohim. Wouldn't I prefer that he turn, his, turn from his ways and live? On the other hand, when yeah. the righteous person turns away from his righteousness. Now, when the righteous person turns away from Torah, when the righteous turns away from lawlessness, from, from, from being a, lawful, from being lawful mm -hmm. and commits wickedness, I get out of there by acting in accordance with all the disgusting practices that the wicked person does. Will he live? None of the righteous deeds he has done 
will be remembered for the trespasses and sins he has committed, he will die. Read 24 for me. 24 says, but when the righteous turneth away from his righteousness and committeth iniquity and doeth according to all the abominations that the wicked man doeth, shall he live? All his righteousness that he has done shall not be mentioned in his trespass that he hath trespassed. And in his sin that he hath sinned, in them shall he die. <laughs> you, you need to get rid of that Macbethian version. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but it's difficult to... But, but that's what we were raised on. Right. That's what we were raised on. So my, 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 point, my point to us is... We're not bashing the Christian faith. We're simply explaining the error that resides in it for which a plethora of thousands of myriads of myriads of thousands of people have accepted the narrative that a man called Jesus Christ can die for your sins. Scripture says that can't happen. That's right. That's right. And does it... See, and... Yeah. And... And he cannot change the narrative of whom he calls his so-called father. That's correct. Because I was going to make mention of that, too, because you, you eloquently made mention that this is Yahweh speaking. Yeah. Yahweh never says in here that I'm actually going to come down and, and, and die for you. No. Nowhere in that narrative. No. no. So even if you want to go ahead and say, well, okay, let's be emphatic and clear. If you're considering Jesus to be God... Or consider him to be part of this triune, trifecti, triple double, called, you know, this triune thing going on. Nowhere in here does this text ever talk about that. You know, I, I, I know, I, you know, I know this is cutting across the grain of the heart of our people. But if somebody doesn't tell them the truth, mm -hmm. they will go on believing the lie and in the end, as the Most High says, in your wickedness of your being lawless, mm -hmm. devoid of Torah, you won't be saved, you will die. Yeah. We're throwing you a life now, preserver. the question is, I'm going to ask you all a question. And I'm reading scripture. It's in your, it's in your, it's in your, in your scriptorial text. Yeah, read it for yourself. Yeah. It's I'm going to ask you a question. Can the absolute all-existent one, the one who was called El, not God, El, the mighty one, can he lie? No. That's an emphatic no. In matters such as this, can he change his mind? No. No. He becomes inconsistent when he get, when the Christian church decides to twist these words and cherry pick it and make their own religion out of it and say that the Most High said something that he didn't. So... The question then on the table 
comes back to a writing um, in the book of Acts. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, Acts, yes. Acts of Acts, the Apostles. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Acts. Oh, Let me boy. See. Let me see here. Let me see here. And I'm going to read it from the King James. While you're getting that, I'm going to make an observation that we made last week while you're getting that. Is that, you know, as the more and more we get into this, and again, we don't want to seem like we have a vendetta against it, but again, we have to wake you up. The, the, the thing that I had mentioned was I've noticed that and over in the Christian church, that is the only deity that I know of that, or I'm aware of, not to say that I know anything about it, aware of that has gone on somewhat of a suicide mission. I don't know any other deity that you can name in the history of history that has gone on a suicide mission to say, you know what, I'm going to go to earth and kill myself for my own creation. I don't know anywhere where that happens. I mean, if I'm, I'm mentioning other, you know, deities, uh, Osiris, Zeus, um, I'm not even going to mention uh, Muhammad because Muhammad is a prophet, um, Krishna, any of these other deities that are out there, they never kill themselves for their creation, whether it be in mythology, in a comic book, or wherever it's written. This is the only place that I know of that you have a deity that will kill himself. Yeah. And I've, 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 the most high is always consistent. And that, and again, I, I'm, only, I'm only bringing that out to say, again, the reason why, to, to piggyback on what you're saying is, not that we're trying to bash anybody over there, but the analogy I wanna give is this, is that we're trying to wake you up they can't get to these mitzvotes and teach mitzvotes to a person that's sleeping because they're not going to hear it because they're what? They're asleep. We've got to shake you and wake you up to understand the state that you're in, which is in a, in a state of being asleep about the most high. And so therefore, again, you got to kind of check yourself on where you're at. But it's going to be a segue into the later on in this podcast. I'm going to ask you kind of a, uh, off-topic question. I, I can't find it, but I know it's here. Okay. The question over in Acts after Peter gets through with his dissertation in chapter two, the question is, men and brethren, mm -hmm. what must we do to be saved? Okay. Mm. Uh, repent. Peter then said, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh, 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 yeah, that's not consistent, uh, folks. Uh, if he were going to say anything, he should have stopped it. Yeah, he should have stopped at repent, every one of you. And be immersed into Torah. In Torah, yeah. Because, Turn, yeah. because the 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 lack of being in Torah makes you lawless, mm -hmm. which John, which first or second John says, sin is being lawless. Right. So let me rephrase what he just said. Okay. 
to put it in a different vernacular. What must we do to be saved, men and brethren? Fine, I'll answer that question. Repent and turn back to idolatry. You can't have the same, you can't have it in the same sentence. You're telling people to repent from what? The most high, if you read all through text, that's the one quintessential thing that he keeps bringing up all the time, is turn away from this idolatrous way of thinking and conducting yourselves and get back to the mitzvot. How in the world in the same sentence you're going to tell people to repent and turn away from sin, which is idolatry, one of the biggest ones, and then in the same sentence tell them, believe in an idol. Believe in something else other than the mitzvot in the Torah. Well, <laughs> let's, since we're talking, since we're in that vein, let's go to verse 32, right. King James. Okay. This Jesus, God raised up of which we are all witnesses. So, this Jesus, who was God, God raised himself up. Right. <laughs> right. God, raised, but God raised himself up, but he's a spirit. But now the spirit has been manifested in the flesh, and he's raised himself up. It just doesn't work. Right. It doesn't work. Right. And it's not consistent upon what scripture it, 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 it doesn't says. Work. It doesn't it it, it 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 does not work. It just simply doesn't work. Is that your Johnny Cochran? Mm, if it doesn't fit, mm, you yeah. must if acquit. it doesn't fit, you must acquit. <laughs> now, uh I wanna get somewhere. If I can find it here. I wanna get somewhere. I wanna get somewhere. I wanna go somewhere. Let me find it. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Oh, oh. oh just bear with me a minute. Mm. I should have had it marked and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mark it. I want to get somewhere and um, maybe it's right in here. I can find it over here. Where is it? Is and here. that's the other thing while, you, while you're looking yeah, for I'm that too. Right I'm going to say this as well because I... I can't get off of this issue of what you said earlier about why this may seem like we're bashing. We're not bashing. That's where our people are. And furthermore, to be very clear, it's the only place that I know of that has taken Hebrew text and twisted it in a manner so far out of whack that, again, getting back to what you said earlier, when that truth is... When that lie is dug in so far, when that nail has been countersunk so far in there, it's difficult to get that crowbar in there to get it out. That is why we're drawing attention on this particular faith, because it's done the, the most damage to our people and the word of the Most High. Now, I said that the Greek text uses the word Lord. Right. The word Lord has very steep roots in idolatry. Oh. Lord comes from the old English spelling of Lard, L-A-R-D, which comes from Lar, Lareth, and Lares. Mm. Etruscan and Roman deities associated it with sun worship. worship. Mm. The Greek word kurios 
was the original title of the Greek and Roman sun deity Helios and was called the Helios Lord of heaven and earth. The Hindu god Krishna is also known as Lord. The title Lord was eventually applied to all heathen deities. Mm. Most Bible translators continue to use the title Lord as a substitute name for Yahweh. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Why would you accept a title that is associated with heathen deities to be applied to something that you love so dearly in your heart and soul that you cry out to who is called El? He's not Mm. called God. He's called El. Now, let's 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 get let's get to this God thing. Okay. God G O D God G A D Good G U D are all related names. God was a common Teutonic Germanic word that was applied to superhuman beings of heathen mythologies. Later, the word God was adopted by Christianity as the generic name uh, for the supreme being. It has become the most popular translation of the Hebrew word Elohim. As a result, most Christendom believe that the name Elohim is God and does not know that the personal name of the Father is Yahweh. You don't know that. And God was a Babylonian, Canaanite, Syrian deity of good luck, of fortune, also called Mini, the God of destiny, who was Regarded as Lord Moon, the city of God was named after this deity. God, G-A-D, was identified with Jupiter, the sun deity, and applied to Nimrod, whose general character was of the sun god of sun divinity. Good was the Anglo-Saxon name of good god versus evil god. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. After I've given you the definitions of Lord Mm -hmm. and God, why? would I want to associate the absolute all-existent one who goes by the name El, which means mighty one, why would I want to call him or refer to him by a name that is associated with idolatrous and heathenistic things? And you want to call me a heretic? Right. Right, right, right. There's no reason you for you. You want to call yeah. me a heretic? Yeah. There's no reason to. Now that you've been woken, people have been awakened to that fact that you just read. El means yeah. El means mighty one. Elohim means mighty ones. That's right. That em on the back gives it its plurality in the Hebrew vernacular. Do you see how idolatrous mm-hmm. you are? But let's. Let's, I want to look. I want to look at one other one here. Okay. I want to look at one other one that I get constantly, all of the time, and I'm always correcting it. And that's the word. The word. I mean, I'm in. A M E N. Yeah, we did. A, yeah, this is going to be good. Yeah. 
Amen comes from the name of an Egyptian god of life and procreation, mm-hmm. identified with sun god as a supreme deity called Amin Ra, Amin Ra Ra, Omain, Omain, or Amin is the Hebrew pronunciation for prayer ending and does not pay homage to a pagan a pagan god. Now, so when we talk about this word, Amin, Amin uh, reveals to us that the scriptorial Hebrew word, which means so be it, or very or verily verily is spelled A M E I N and not A M E N. Likewise, the Greek equivalent of the Greek New Testament is also pronounced Amin, A M E I N. Anyone can check on this in the Strong's Concordance, number 543 in its Hebrew lexicon and number 228 in the Greek lexicon. So uh, the substitution of Amin, Amen for Amin was greatly facilitated by the fact that this Egyptian deity's name was spelt in Egyptian hieroglyphic language and with only three letters, A-M-N, just as we find it, a similar pronunciation of vowels in the scriptorial Hebrew, which prior to its vowel pointing in the Masoretics also spelled it A-M-E-I-N. And it is not pronounced amen, it's pronounced amin. Amin, Ah, like ah and ah, ah mean. Mm-hmm. To do anything different than that is idolatrous. Mm. Now, that's not the only, those aren't the only words that are being used over and over by the Christian faith that's idolatrous. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. All right. I'm going to ask y'all a question. Does your God like idolatry? No. No, 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 no. Not yours. Not mine. Not Yahweh. Okay, not Yahweh. we're not talking we about know. Yahweh. We oh, know. okay. We know Yahweh. Ooh, you, you see how, how quick I got to answer that Yes, one. I see you. <laughs> you. Boy, you was like a fish in water. I threw the hook out to you. No, I got that one. No. Oh, <laughs> All right, damn. Let's I got hooked. <laughs> All right, let's start over. Okay. The Elohim of Yisrael. Mm-hmm. The El, the Elohim of Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov despises idolatry. Absolutely. Now I'm going to ask you a question. All right. Does your God across the street approve of idolatry? Mm. Can you answer that question? Do you know? Good question. Because he don't mention nothing about no idolatry over in that text over there. That's right. He gotta doesn't go. mention it. He doesn't mention anything about idolatry. He doesn't teach you. He doesn't say anything to you about what his father, so-called he calls his father, mm-hmm. said to obey my laws and my rulings. We just read it in Ezekiel. Right, right. He doesn't talk about that. Wow. So, so now. That's another great point. So now 
why are you looking at me funny? And I'm going to ask you a question that comes out of the book of Galatians that Shaul wrote. Have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Mm. <sighs> you see, truth is at the heart of your soul. And I'm not talking about person, I'm talking about your soul. Mm-hmm. Soul and person are two different things. Your soul is that which is not tangible. Right. Your soul is that which no doctor can fix. Your soul is that which the Most High gave you that makes you you. Right. Right. And your soul is connected to the person of you to whom you are. Mm-hmm. I look at your house. Your house is not for you. That you're just, that's just the house of you. Right. The soul of you is intangible. Right. It is the part that has to that that will live into eternity, mm. one way or another. Mm. And at some point, that part of you, which is intangible, which is controlled by the one who gave it to you, is going to cut it off. off right. If we don't obey. What? What? Don't obey what? His statutes? His misfits? Mispatines? His mispatines? Yep. His rulings? Mm-hmm. Which are, which are for us just simply a way of life. It's a lifestyle. When I read Ezekiel, I didn't read anything to you that is outside the norm of, of, of moral thought right. and consciousness. Right. 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 I didn't read anything to you about killing killing cows and killing deer and 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 and, and making and making animal sacrifice. I didn't read any of that to you. That's in the Torah. That's right. But it's not applicable in this exile. Mm-hmm. But everything else is. Right. Right. Wow. You see, and that's another thing that you just brought out that's just opened my eyes to the fact that the most high, we have all of these mitzvot that are that are all in play. And the most high is because we're in exile, we have this reduced amount. And we can't even get that reduced amount right. No. It's not as if we're enacting all of them. We only have a portion of them that we have access to 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 be able to enact and we 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 struggle with even doing those yeah it's yeah. like <laughs> how much easier do i have to make this for you guys in order for you just to do those if you could just get the the core ones right then when i get you back into the land then we can talk about these other ones and acting those but we first have to master the basis of foundational ones that we continue to keep stumbling over. Oh, oh man. You know, y'all. Um, hmm. 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 There's, you know, let me, let me give you a shorter version of one other word that we use that I, 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 I have to, as I study these and I find out what they are and I see, and I and I understand the derivative of the meaning, I have to myself have to figure out how to back out of them, back away from them. Mm, okay. 
Okay? Glory to God. So we've already talked about what God means, and right. now we add glory to it. Mm -hmm. Comes from the Latin word gloria, which is identified with the sun as being radiant, shining, brilliant, bright, and sun. Mm -hmm. Gloria was a Roman goddess that was half naked and held the zodiac sign. Mm. And we oh, use terminology that is associated with sun worship. Mm. Now, I'm going to ask my I'm going to ask the viewing audience a question for which I am not going to provide you the answer. And if you would so desire in your question search to figure it out, uh, I would really appreciate if you let me know. Now I know the answer to see. I'm like an attorney. Okay. An attorney goes into court and he never asks a question he doesn't have the, already have the answer to. Right. Right. So I'm going to ask you a question. I know the answer to it, but I want you to search it out for yourselves and if, 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 if you're so interested. Because I want you to see how idolatrous people are in what they do. Okay. The word is Mithra. Mithra. Mm. Mithra. What does the word Mithra mean and what is it associated with? Mm. That's your all's homework. Follow because, it. Yeah. Because the situation that we're dealing with that makes these misfolks so paramount for us to understand is that the most highest people are so idolatrous that they don't even know that they're <laughs> in idolatry. That's right. And Mithraism, Mithraism is part heart and soul, the whole problem. Mm. Which takes me back to the opening that I gave when I read what the gentleman said from the in his book, he said that since the Declaration of Independence of 1776, including churches in Georgia, South Carolina, Virginia, since then, African-Americans have taken their master's religion, master religion, who is our master? Eurocentrics, let me put it to you very clear and succinctly. Okay. White people were our masters. Sure. So we took the white people's religion, mm -hmm. made it their own through a flowering of denominations that run the gamut from the AME church, from the AME, the Church of God in Christ, to so many storefront sanctuaries that remain a key refuge for many people in hard times. And I get it. Mm. I get it. We were enslaved. Right. What happened to us? Why are we here? Mm. And, you know, John, we have to go back. We we gotta, we, we can't escape Diva Reem chapter 28, verse 15 through 69. It's all there. It's us. 
it's not some other people. Right. It's That's us. Right. The melanated man. The yep. black man. It's us. Right. You can check all the boxes. It's us. Yep. Yep. We have taken, Henry Louis Gates says, we have taken, he uses the word master's religion. I'm going to put it to you very clear. We've taken the white man's religion and made it our own. Mm, it's yeah. not ours. We right. took something that's not ours and made it our own. The Most High, the El of Abraham, Nitzchak, and Yaakov, did not give us a religion. He gave us a way right. of life. That's right. That's right. And he didn't ask us to mm -hmm. holler and make it a source of entertainment. He said to us, we were supposed to teach mm -hmm. it. Well, you couldn't. Right. Right. You're in diaspora. Right. You couldn't. <laughs> until, until, there's an until. Mm -hmm. You couldn't until 1985 when the World Wide Web populated, the book of Daniel was opened, and knowledge increased. At that point, and from that point forward, we are without an excuse. That's right. To be able to get an answer to what truth is as opposed to what truth is not. That's right. Concerning the Most High. Yep, it's at your fingertips. You go look it up. The world, That's my point tonight. Yeah, the information's at That's your my point tonight. disposal. That's my point tonight. Hmm. <sighs> now, I'm going to ask you a question again. So right. I'm going to go back to text. All right? Over there across the street. Okay. Shaul says. So... What shall we say? Shall we continue in lawlessness and sin that grace might abound? He says it. Yeah, he's giving you, he's giving he's you, giving the, you the scenario right there. Well, but he said we're not under the law. We're under God. But you don't understand what he's saying. Right. We're not under the perversion of the law or the Torah mm -hmm. because the Pharisees and the Sadducees perverted it. Mm. They thought that it was so righteous that they needed to build a fence around it and protect it and give it policy. Well, you can't rule by policy. You can only rule by law. And you can't change the Father's law to meet your narrative. That's right. We have a golden rule. Right. Back in Devarim, chapter number 13, verse 1. And in chapter 12, the last verse of chapter 12, you mm. have a Greek Bible. These words I'm giving you, you shall not add to them, nor shall Jeez. you subtract Sorry, from, from them. That's, That's right. the Father. Who said that? That's Yahweh speaking that. So you all see the problem? I'm not trying to dis to bash the Christian church. I'm only trying to show our people it's not, it was not made for you. you right, right, right. You have a governance. Mm -hmm. You have an Elohim that loves you with an everlasting love, and you don't even have a clue what that means. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what you need to get out? You need to get out of the book of uh, Judges, Shoftim. 
that's exactly what we're where we're at right now. We get these, they get these messages. Let me tell you something. The, 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 the Hebrew people, the children of Israel are consistent. They have leaders and teachers that tell them to turn back. They turn back to the Most High. And the moment that teacher is gone, they go right back into an idolatrous way of life. They start seeking other idols and, and gods and deities to follow after. Now, here's a question. We're trying to wake y'all up. Here's a question. Why is that part of our DNA? Mm. Because, see, you don't, they don't know why that's part of their DNA. Mm. Where were you born? Where were you born as a nation? In, I, in exile. You were in Mitzrayim. Where, where, where is it? Where is it in, in, in um, uh, what is it, Shemot chapter 4, verse yeah, 20? Somewhere in there, yeah. Is it there where he said, he said to Moshe, go tell Pharaoh to let my son go. Go. I think, yeah, I think it's 422. Where was his son born? Right there in the heart of his that son, idolatrous nation. His son was born, Israel was born in an idolatrous nation. Mm -hmm. And they spent over 400 years in an idolatrous way of life. That's right. So, our DNA is part of where we've been born. <sighs> and let me share this with you. Mm -hmm. Why would the Most High bear his name to a nation that he knew their DNA was going to be idolatrous? Why would he do that? Can I answer that? I'm going to tell you what I would say. If what? you ask me that, I, this is what I would say. To prove to the entire world how mighty the Most High is, I can take this group of people who are stiff-necked, hard-hearted, who will not listen, who deserve death, who I have outlined my statues and continually saved them time after time after time just to prove that I, no other deity can do what I can do. No other deity has the power that I have to deliver this people. Name me one. Put your stats up. Show me an, another Elohim that can do what I can do. To a nation of people who has no nation, who has no land, will deliver them into that land and give them protection. And matter of fact, I will fight for them and dispel all their enemies away. Just so I can show you that all these other deities have no more have no kind of power like I have. I can do that. No other one can do that. Not only to prove to this group of stiff-necked, hard-hearted, bonehead folk that I can do it, but to prove it to everyone else. That they can be the leaders for your folk out there. I have that power as the most high Yahweh Elohim. That's how I would answer that question. I don't know if that's where you were going. My God, yo, Jeff. <laughs> it sounds to me like you've read the prophet Ezekiel. <laughs> but it's so... Because, because you have just paraphrased the very words that the most high speaks 
about his people in the book of Ezekiel, and he co-signs it. Right. And he says, and then they will know right. that I am Yahweh. Absolutely. The mighty one. That's right. Let me prove it to you. Let me prove it to you. And to prove it to you, I'm going to listen to you nations come back to me in the book of Jeremiah through the prophet mm -hmm. who say to me, our fathers inherited lies. Mm -hmm. Nothing but lies. These are the nations speaking to the most high. Mm -hmm. Okay. They told us that you had abandoned Israel and that you were not able to deliver them. Why is it that we're now looking at Israel back in the land, living as if nothing ever happened? Right. And you, mighty one, are in the midst of them. Mm -hmm. Our fathers lied to us. <clears throat> That's what the nations are saying in the book of Jeremiah mm -hmm. to the Most High. That's right. And the Most High says in Ezekiel, well, now, how you like me? Right, right. So you've been calling somebody else God. He can't do this. Mm -hmm. can, 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 can. <laughs> the Most High asked this question. Can anybody deliver you out of my hands? Can anybody deliver you out of my hands? Can anybody? No. But I'm going to prove to you and the nations, Israel, mm -hmm. that I am the mighty one. And once again, it gets down to the simple language. Is there anything too hard for me? Right. And this has been Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. And John Alfleton. And this has been Hebrews, Hebrews in, in Exile. exile. Shalom. Shalom.